So welcome to Beyond the Bulletin, a special edition. Uh, Stephen reminded us. It's every always edition. a special edition. <laughs> what Stephen with you here? It is. It oh, is. thank you. Yeah. So uh, I'm Stephen Lenahan, the court, or the director of yeah, uh, director. You're a director. I'm a director. I'm I remind you of that every day. I've, I've worked hard for that title. <laughs> uh, no, uh, director of communication and development, and I'm joined by my co-host. The one, the only. A mere coordinator, Michael Gormley. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Who has not worked hard for that title. <laughs> you, know, you know you don't want that title. So uh, we're also joined today by someone who... A special guest. A special Very guest, special. that's right. That's what makes this podcast so special yeah. is we have another guest that's not us. I know. Thank God, <laughs> right? Talking. Thank so, God. Uh, so we're joined today by uh, Miss Ver- Mrs. Veronica Tucker, who is the new principal... Um, St. Anthony of Padua Catholic School. So today's uh, podcast. I love that you say podcast. That's just, the name I came up with. Uh, he hated it. I still hate it. Says. I still hate it. <laughs> you hate yourself now. <laughs> just, it's like a self-loathing thing that I'm still doing this podcast with you. I know. Anyways, I know. Uh, so we're going to talk today a little bit with Veronica just about Catholic education, about our school specifically. Uh, here in the woodlands, um, but uh, Veronica, tell us a little bit about your background um, in Catholic education, um, where it all started for you, and how you ended up um, in this role as principal. Wow. Okay, that that's a story. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> a lot. You can you can go with it. Shortly. I'll interrupt you plenty of times. <laughs> so I, you could say I was completely formed in Catholic schools. So I attended uh, St. Andrew Catholic School in the Diocese of Fort Worth myself, at kindergarten through eighth grade. Then I went to uh, Nolan Catholic High School, which is a Marianist-administered uh, high school in the Diocese of Fort Worth. And there I had a priest my senior year theology class who said, you should apply to Notre Dame. Just just apply. So I thought, okay. The Notre Dame. The Notre Dame, who is ranked number three right now. Mm. Oh, you mm. like to bring that up because I'm a Georgia fan. I got yes. it. It's all right. Our our last national championship in the 80s was against you. So, but go on. Go right. on. Moving on. So I attended the University of Notre Dame and got a uh, bachelor's in pre-professional studies in theology there. Pre? Wait, what? Pre-professional? Pre-professional studies. So I was on track for medical school, and then but uh, you have to pick another major to go with that. And so I picked theology. Nice. Those were all my favorite classes. And at going through school, discerning that I'm not so sure I want to be a doctor, but I want to do something in, in the helping field, working with people. Mm. So then at the end of uh, college, in one week, I turned 22, got engaged, and graduated from Notre Dame. So I say, that was a, that was a good week. Yeah. And so we were wow. engaged for Did you get engaged on your birthday? No. At the grotto? No. At the grotto? No, no, I didn't get engaged. Wow. In the All right, we got to have we're a two for two. That's another <laughs> podcast. We're bringing your husband in. That grotto, I'm pretty sure, only exists for engagement. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> All right, go on. We digress. Well, <laughs> I guess so, we're done shaming your husband now. <laughs> he, he tried. It's, it's my fault. But then he ended up asking me again at several locations, including the grotto. So it. It all worked out. Oh, okay. Asking okay. again at several locations. Will you say yes now? Yeah. <laughs> it's not the grotto. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, wow. So he was in the Navy. So we were engaged for a year, and then we got married and moved to San Diego, where he was uh, oh, serving yeah. uh, okay. aboard a couple of ships out there. So while he was in the Navy, I went to the University of San Diego, also a Catholic school. Great Catholic school. Did you go to the Jenny Craig Auditorium? <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> I, I literally... <laughs> I've, I've been in that, audit, in that gymnasium, too. Steubenville, Youth Conference, uh-huh. right? I'm one of five speakers, including the priest. Every single one of them 
gets up and says, hey, you know, just a little personal thing about me. I've lost 40 pounds. Father Jose <laughs> was there. I've lost 100 pounds. Every single one, they all, like, have lost a remarkable amount of weight. And I, was, I get up on stage, I'm like, I think I found all the weight you lost. <laughs> Wait, the Jenny Craig Auditorium. <laughs> why, I was going to say, why are they all bringing this up just because they're in because the Jenny Craig Auditorium? <laughs> I, maybe. Maybe it was a subconscious thing. But it was like, hey, hey just a little bit about me. I'm a speaker. You I'm know, married. You I know lost what's funny weight. about this? If we have any younger listeners on this podcast, they have no idea who Jenny Craig is. No. I know. Look it up, Google. All right, go on. <laughs> so y'all lived in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, we will interrupt you. <laughs> I got a Master's of Arts in Pastoral Counseling from University of San Diego. Wow, so you this is a rock-solid Catholic education. I know, here, but, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's <laughs> more. <laughs> so then we, um, after his service was up to the Navy, we moved to back to Fort Worth, where I'm from. I got a job teaching theology at my old high school uh, while he entered the civilian uh, working world. Um, and then worked there for a few years, then went back to my old grade school and eventually became the um, principal there. Nice. But I'm currently, we'll finish in May, a master's in administration from Creighton University. From Creighton. Another yes. Catholic university. Yes, yeah. And that's where I also have my leadership certification. All of our right. young adult listeners will know Creighton purely from the method of NFP. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you you're, you went there. You're welcome, Saint Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to Catholic education, mm. not NFP, uh, which is a form of Catholic education, <laughs> just not the form we're talking about today. Um, so, uh, so tell us a little bit about your time um, when you be- became a principal in Fort Worth. Um, you know, what was that like? What did you? Was it a difficult move to go from yeah. being with the kids to being in administration? I have a friend who's been asked to be a principal uh-huh. multiple times, and she just says. I just can't imagine life without being in the classroom with the kids. Well, the beauty is you can you can still be in the classroom a lot. So, um, which is the teachers get nervous when you walk in, right? <laughs> right, right. Everyone behaves better when the principal walks in. The teachers, the kids, it's it's awesome. Yeah, nice. um, now it was an easy move, easy move for me. But all the schools that where I'd served, I always was on the administrative team and had a little bit of that role anyway. So it was it wasn't a hard a hard transition to that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very cool. So what, I guess, what makes, why are you, I mean, obviously you are a huge proponent of Catholic school because you're a product of Catholic school. I am too. I went um, seventh grade through high school, um, started, started a new Catholic elementary school, started a new Catholic high school. Oh, wow. Um, so that was my experience, which is, I think, a little bit different than the average Catholic school experience, which is like, you know, decades of history and mm. tradition. And we were like the ones that were like, let's start a tradition. Um, you know, so it's scary uh, to think of you I as have, a pioneer. I have stories. I have stories. It explains a lot of why I am the way I am. Um, but, uh, so kind of Catholics, Catholic education, why are you such a proponent? What makes it so different? Obviously, um, obviously the faith component, but specifically what is it about the, uh, the way that, children are formed or educated in the Catholic school system that's so different than the way that we're educating young minds in the rest of the systems, whether it be Montessori, the public education system, homeschooling, that sort of thing. I think it's just having the faith as part of every subject. So one thing that we work on specifically at St. Anthony and the whole Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, is a focus on what we call Catholicizing the curriculum. So in lesson plans, there has to be in every lesson some way that you're connecting your lesson back to the faith. I think the fact that every class starts with prayer, that we start our day with prayer, we have the Angelus at noon, we end the day with prayer. Um, and, and knowing that the leader in front of the classroom is more than just a teacher, but a spiritual leader, and that's, that's a huge undertaking and responsibility. So we remind the teachers of that. 
Um, I think I, as someone who has to deal with discipline sometimes, I can't imagine doing that without having the, the faith piece to be able to talk about that and right. the beauty of our religion that we're a faith of forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. So when they make a mistake, it's okay. Well, and, and I had a priest one time when I was being, uh, when I was in trouble, uh, in Catholic <laughs> high school, was being, uh, uh, reprimanded. reprimanded <laughs> yeah. And he, he reminded me that like the, the, the word like disciple comes from the same word as discipline, right. you know, they're spelled the same way. I was like, huh? <laughs> So the rulers, there's a reason for the rulers, right? No, uh, but but I think that's a that's a great distinction of always bringing Christ into any situation, whether it be, you know, celebrating academic achievements or athletic achievements, or you know, when you have to discipline a, a child and kind of bring them back down to earth or to reality with whatever's going on. So I know that um, being so, tell me a little bit more about like how specifically Notre Dame has influenced you as a principal, because I know that. Catholic education at Notre Dame, um, they're really kind of driving Catholic education in this country from K, K all the way through 12 um, with different programs like the ACE program and things like that. Um, what specifically sticks out to you about what's going on at Notre Dame and, and why and how they've become such a driving force um, other than everyone recognizing Notre Dame because of the football team? Right. Well, and, and I wasn't a part of the ACE program, but I have some friends who went through that. And since I didn't study education at Notre Dame, so I, I wasn't, didn't have, and actually the program there when I was there was through St. Mary's. So if you wanted to do education, you went through St. Mary's uh, college, oh, which is kind of interesting. Okay. Um, so but that's, I, that's kind of changed then a little bit in the last few years. Right. Okay. Right. I'm old. Steven. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> oh. It was in your eyes. It was in your eyes. <laughs> I'm going to have old. I'm going to have old ladies hitting me with their bags at mass <laughs> yeah. this week. And I How heard what you said. You? <laughs> uh, oh. I mean, I think for, for me personally, the devotion to our Blessed Mother was something that, you know, I went to a Marianist high school and then going to the University of Our Lady and, and all of that definitely plays a big role in um, a devotion to Mary at, at all the schools mm-hmm. I've been in and, and here as, as well, which is already very strong at, at St. Anthony uh, School. Um, but I, I think as far as how the education at Notre Dame, I, I, it's just the continuing forming the faith and the fact that professors at Notre Dame always had doors open. We prayed before every class, yeah. just inst- instilling those traditions at, at all the schools where I've been. So just making rhythm of prayer a part of your daily life. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think ultimately that's what we want our kids when they're when they're leaving. I spent a lot of time working with eighth grade lately on participating in the mass and um, it's cool to sing in mass. It's cool to be in, involved in mass, and it, yeah. it can it can sometimes be a, a bit of an uphill battle. But just trying to model for them, this is what you're the best of the best that we've got, and we want you when you leave our school as as our final product to be able to show others what you know what we're all about and what we're supposed to do. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like we have to like normalize, particularly for that middle school age, mm-hmm. that like participating in the liturgy is a beautiful thing. It's a normal thing to participate. It's not normal to sit there and be a bump on a log. Oh, middle schoolers love the litter. Yeah. But see, here's the thing though. When I was in Catholic school, right. Cause I was kind of a nerd and, uh, like I, I always, like I've always, you know, I, I used to go to daily mass with my mom. Like mm-hmm. I, I loved being Catholic from a young age. And I remember being in Catholic school and kind of being the odd man out in mm-hmm. mass or, you know, even, even in yeah. high school so much. So, that like for Halloween when I was a freshman in high school, they convinced me to like dress up like our chaplain for Halloween because like I was that much of a nerd <laughs> that I was the high school chaplain's like little like sidekick, you know, I was like the altar server for everything and, and all that sort of thing. But I think about that now and it's like, 
why, why was I the abnormal one? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. I, I wish that some of my teachers maybe, and, and some of them did, but maybe more of them had tried to like normalize the faith. Like that's mm-hmm. why people are sending their kids to Catholic mm-hmm, school. Mm-hmm. So, um, the funny thing about that, right? So when I was in, so my Catholic school experience was kindergarten, then we ran out of money. So first through fifth <laughs> was public school. And then sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade was Catholic school. So my local small parish school, it kind of wasn't a parish school. Our parish was a mission of a Polish Capuchin mission. And the school actually was turned over by the diocese. But it was right there on the campus and all this stuff. So um, it, was, uh, it was an interesting dynamic um, sharing the space and all this stuff with a school that no longer was on the books of the church and, and, and vice versa. Um, but... So my graduating class in eighth grade was 15 students. And out of 15 students, I was known as the religious fanatic. Mm-hmm. Right? My mom was the DRE. You still are. I know. <laughs> <laughs> then I go to Bishop Kelly Catholic High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is a diocesan high school. So it pulls from all the Catholic schools. And you know, people just want their kids to have a private education or whatever. And uh, so all of a sudden, I go from 15 to 700 or 600 and I was totally a fish out of water. And I like mostly kept to myself, but I was known as the religious fanatic, yeah. too. I That's was the, the only kid. Well, here, as it turns out, we're working for the church now, so they, they were, were all right. They were all right. <laughs> they were all right. By being all wrong. <laughs> um, but <laughs> they, uh, but the, the interesting thing was I was the only person who was discerning the priesthood. Right, I I just thought it was a normal part of every cat in, in my small school. Most you know, it was just talked about. Like, yeah, it's part of life. But in the high school, I was like a weirdo, and I'm like, we're literally we're like ninety percent Catholic. Like, do you not think about this stuff? And I used to go to the chapel every day. Me and my buddy, we'd get there early, and we would go pray in the chapel. And the campus minister used to make fun of us with the other kids because we loved our faith. Right, so this is the ugly side of mm-hmm. Catholic education. I don't think any of those people are there now, but it's the ugly side of Catholic education where there's like this anti-Catholic element to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this is a big part of like a lot of the reforms that are hopefully trying to have. Like, I sent my kids to 12 years of Catholic school, mm-hmm. and they left the church as soon as they could. Right. Mm-hmm. So to hear you talk about the Catholicizing, that's well, and, and I think we've seen we we are seeing a shift in that, right? Like, I mean, one we I'm, we I, had better. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, and I think yeah. we have. Like, even at St. Anthony's, I was thinking about it. Like, yeah. uh, you know, the artist formerly known as Patrick Lanning, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who uh, joined yeah. the uh, servants of Christ, the servants Jesus. of Christ yeah. Jesus. Um, he was just, our second vocation, but the first through the school. For, yeah, the yeah. first vocation that uh, has come out of St. Anthony's School that mm-hmm. uh, he just took his vows a couple weeks ago. So awesome, um, which is amazing. And then I actually had a really cool experience this summer. Uh, I went back to uh, to Life Teens Camp Covecrest to host a week this past summer, and while I was there, this. Uh, summer camp counselor came up to me and he introduces himself to me. He's like, Hey, do you remember me? And I'm like, Oh, I hate when kids do this to me. <laughs> yeah, of course I do, buddy. Yeah. Sure. Well, friend. What's up, friend. <laughs> Hashtag side hug. Here we go. All right. So, um, no, he, uh, really nice guy. And he was like, yeah, I went to St. Anthony's school and I was actually in life team when you were the youth minister at St. Anthony's, but I never really came to anything. Cause I thought I knew it all. And I was going down to St. Thomas in the city and we had this whole long conversation well, anyways, the cool thing was he that foundation that he received here came back to him later, and now he's like doing great mission work. You know, I think he's discerning priesthood, but he's he's doing two years of missionary work, um, and it all started here at St. Anthony's Catholic School. So it's uh, I, I definitely think that the the tide is turning in terms of 
Catholic identity mm-hmm. ac- across the board. Maybe not every Catholic school, but certainly at ours mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the newer ones um, are the ones that have kind of received this new. I, I almost think it's all you know. It's the Holy Spirit really working in Catholic schools. It's kind of renewing a lot of them. I've seen a lot of them that are trying to get back to reclaiming this identity, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you: How do you make math Catholic? <laughs> well, you add the loaves and the fishes. It's from the devil. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they create story problems that have that relate to biblical uh, scripture, or they'll. I mean, they'll just do. You would be amazed. Come on over and and check it out. So, but they're doing, if Jesus doing it across turns the board. four <laughs> jugs of water into wine, John the Baptist is John... leaving the Jordan River at four miles an hour. <laughs> Jesus with his disciples and the crowd slowing him down at two miles an hour. Hey, I like it. That's a creative way of doing it. That is a creative way. You know, it's one of those things that growing up that was that was a big thing in our catholic school was the layering right like you didn't just do math over here it, everything reinforced everything else right interesting so it's not john 3 plus 16 <laughs> equals salvation or something like that. <laughs> right, okay. right 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 so cool. i i have a two-part question for you Veronica. okay all right so you've been here now since july right yes. mm-hmm. beginning of july what is the worst thing about father tom <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, yeah, actually going to say the exact opposite. I was going to keep it really positive. You know, oh, two-part question. Oh, okay. The first part of the question is, um, what what has most pleasantly surprised you since you've arrived at St. Anthony's? Okay. Um, and then the second part of the question is not what is a negative or anything mm-hmm. like that, but where do you see the most opportunity for growth? Ooh, see how okay. I spun that? Yeah. No. Well done, Stephen. Thank you. You're welcome. I think uh, I like my question better, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of great things at the school. One thing that's been amazing is the faculty and staff and the joy you feel in the hallways at St. Anthony. And I, everyone is positive. The kids are happy. The teachers are happy. My mom has visited every school where I've been, and she was here a couple of weeks ago, and she said, that is the most joyful place I've <laughs> I've ever been. Oh, that's so, awesome! Uh, and as an outsider, you know, she recognized that quickly. So sorry, all you Fort Worth yeah. Catholics, you're not <laughs> joyful. <laughs> they are okay, joyful. This is there. the most the most <laughs> joyful. Uh, but it's a, it's nice. a great, very hardworking uh, faculty and staff. Yeah. So that's been an awesome blessing, and they've been very welcoming. It was it's hard to follow in the footsteps of someone who founded the school and was here yeah, for a very yeah. long time. Shout out to uh, Renee. Renee, yeah, and she's been amazing too. She's, she's now always at the quick to Archdiocese, help. right? She is. It's a funny thing is she's working for a teacher that she helped train back when she was at St. Lawrence. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so Deborah Haney, who's the superintendent, yes. was one of Renee's early teachers down in, in St. Lawrence. And then she became the principal of St. Lawrence, and then the interim superintendent. Awkward. And, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. You back for me now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we might need to edit that. <laughs> now we'll leave it in. Um, so we interrupted you. Go on. Uh, so uh, a challenge is, uh, luckily, there's no there's no big problem to fix here. So that's that's a great thing. The, sh- the school is left in a, gr- a great position. That you know of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It, it, is, it is a great place. And it's awesome to be a part of such a vibrant parish as well. So um, a challenge at, at every Catholic school, I think, is making sure you have a strong relationship with your parish and the parishioners. Mm-hmm. And so I'm already working with the parish in ways to, to bridge that. So I was invited to come to Discover Padua uh, weekends, um, some involvement with uh, baptism ministry and other things like that. So yeah. I, so that's an area that I'm excited to expand on. Yeah. Oh, very cool. That's cool. And, I mean, let's not downplay the street cred you're going to get by being a guest 
<laughs> on the one and only Beyond the Bulletin. The podcast oh, of all Makes podcasts. me feel so good. That we the only podcast. The only podcast that anyone needs, right? Yeah. No, I uh, I think I, I think that's a great point. Like, there's so much opportunity to continue um, bridging the relationship between parish and school. I will say this. I think we do it far better than a lot of parish school relationships that I've seen out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but again, we can always keep doing uh, more things together and – because um, obviously, I mean, it's it's a lot of campus that we share. Right. Um, but the school, whether you have, I think the important thing, like if I could say something to our parishioners from the parish side, is that whether you have kids in this school or not, um, St. Anthony's School is your Catholic school. It is your local Catholic institution um, that is forming the mi- young minds in, in the Catholic tradition. Um, and so whether you, your kids are in public school, whether your kids have been long out of the house, yeah. whether you were in Catholic school and a nun hit you with a ruler and you're scarred from that, uh, we're sorry for that. <laughs> I, I can't help. You've had a bad haircut. <laughs> You've had a bad haircut. You keep getting haircuts. Yeah, that's right. So what? One nun hit you. <laughs> so, uh, but no matter uh, any of those things. You are regretting this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if only they could hear the eyes of Veronica rolling in the back of her head. No. Uh, but but really, I think this school does belong to the entire parish, and so you know I want us to to make that. Um, yeah, I, people don't realize that the Catholic education system born in America was utterly unique in the world at the time. In the 1800s, yeah. uh, public education in uh, the 1700s and 1800s was expressly Protestant, and mm-hmm. it was meant to remove. Catholic kids from their home so that they could be decatholicized. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize that. Like public school was uh, in America was a decatholicizing project because so many German immigrants and Italian immigrants and all this stuff were coming over, and they're all you know smashed right next door to each other in mm-hmm. New York and and uh, Philadelphia and whatnot. That um, that it was this this part of the uh, the. Yeah, I mean the, the the elite trying to remove Catholicism from America because mm-hmm. they saw it as a threat, mm-hmm. and so the rise of Catholic schools under people like um, John Henry Cardinal Newman or uh, John Henry or not John Henry Cardinal Newman, John Neumann, who's the first bishop of the Greater United States, all the way up to Cardinal Gibbons, the famous Baltimore Cardinal, Catherine Drexel. You have heroic figures like mm-hmm. Elizabeth Ann Seton and Catherine Drexel. Yep. Catherine Drexel, like people don't realize that she was one of the richest people mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, and if you take it, take it by today's standards, she essentially had her personal wealth of like $50 billion. Didn't she, I know she had, she started a bunch of schools in New Orleans. Didn't she start schools in Houston as well? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But so Catherine Drexel, so after the Civil War, uh, all these people were abandoned. Yeah, he's going to Wikipedia I'm gonna that. I'm going to while we're on the podcast. <laughs> but she took her father's fortune started a religious order, and her whole thing was to found Catholic schools for African-American children, especially those who were children of slaves, and indigenous Indians and uh, Native Americans. And so her, that was her project. So you got the famous Drexel College in Philadelphia is largely an African-American school because of that. But it was in response to this anti-Catholicism. Mm-hmm. I mean, my school in Broken Arrow, we used to have the Ku Klux Klan burn crosses in front of our church, right? Wow. We were not welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in one sense, and that was obviously before I was born. Um, but yeah, so uh, w- what what distinctly? Uh, I don't know because you see, like I, I can't th- find that the Catherine Drexel started <laughs> anything in Houston, so I made that up in my mind. Just a point of clarification. <laughs> Let me interrupt you right now as I you brainstorm a question. I don't want to speak any Houston yeah. heresy on the pod on, on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, Georgia boy. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> so what, what would you say for you um, going forward, you know, with the Catholicizing? What, what would be a big thing maybe for the parents of the school or the teachers or something like that to bring Christ more to the center of, of our lives? Like, I don't know. Do you, do, are you thinking about that? Are you, are you so right now, are you just <laughs> school just started and you're trying to keep things up and running or, I, I mean, I, th- I always think about it yeah. and I, I think that I, such a big part of it is, is modeling. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I think I have three sons at St. Anthony. I have a daughter at Frasati. And I, I think that the big thing for me is I want them to know, to turn, to turn to their faith. When, yeah. I mean, they're going to anywhere in the woodlands, you're going to get a, a great education. Mm-hmm. It, there's awesome schools around us, but only at St. Anthony are you going to get the Catholic piece. So yeah. tell a story last February, my dad passed away and it was on a Tuesday, very unexpected. And mass was on Wednesday. And I told my older children, I said, you guys don't have to go to school. Mom's not going to school. And Luke said, well, I'm going to school cause we're going to mass. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to be with his friends to pray for my dad. And I thought, this is what it's all about. Like yeah, I want them awesome. to leave Catholic school and know that when times are hard or things are tough, that that's where you turn. Mm. So I know they're going to get the great education. The education at St. Anthony is phenomenal. The kids are so bright. Our test scores are, are excellent. So we're very, very proud of that. But I think it's that, that other piece are the things as a principal and as a parent that I want my kids to take out of here when they, when they go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mic drop on that story. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> that is. Um, my kids hate praying at night with me, let alone going to mass. <laughs> it's two minutes. You will sit down. It's two minutes. <laughs> well, and, and, and an affirmation to you because I know that um, often since, since you know, you've gotten here, I've seen you not only visible Monday through Friday at, at the school, but also on Sundays. Uh, my family's run into your family quite a few mm-hmm. times at the 9 a.m. mass. Um, in the side transept, if anyone's looking for it, <laughs> that's, uh, that's my spot. but, but it's so great to see your family and to see your kids there smiling and, you know, the, cause mom works here. I'm sure their life very automatically just becomes everything at this school and on this campus, right. but there y'all are, um, on Sunday mornings as well, uh, making, making sure that you fulfill not only your obligation, but your opportunity uh, to be a part of the community just as parishioners on Sunday. So that's pretty cool as well. Thanks. Well, my son served his first Mass this last weekend, so that oh, was very so exciting. So he has joined the core. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Yes, so that was that was great. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I started the Senior Acolytes. Oh, okay, wow. I didn't start it, but Gosh. I was one of the sort of original people. No one cares. You know how we put the put the candles? <laughs> I know no one does. You just know how kidding. we put the candles <laughs> on either side of the gospel reading? This is me affirming That you. was me. That was me. I came up with that idea. Oh, oh. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some acolyte out there that has dropped it at some point that hates you for it. Yeah, I know. Well, let me tell you what it used to happen. When we were in Oak Ridge High School, we used to have metal candles with this little metal, yeah, it, it was spring-loaded, uh, so it would push the real wax candle up, always up to the top. Uh-huh. The bottom was broken. I'm standing there at Life Teen Mass, Oak Ridge High School. Bishop Schultz is about six inches from the candle. All my friends are in the front row because that's the life teen section. Mm-hmm. The bottom detaches. The spring, fully compressed, now unleashes its kinetic fury. And the <laughs> lit candle goes boom and shoots out and lands like in a fifth row. Fifth row. And why I just do, sat there and I just Why do those things <laughs> always happen to you in front of Shelt? <laughs> <laughs> the 
because I feel like you just have a whole library of like awkward stories in front of Bishop. Mr. Schultz, Gormley, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. Mea culpa. Oh. So that's awesome. He's an altar service. See, yeah. this is yes. what I do. I and interrupt and make thing. it all about me. <laughs> you join the altar service now that your son's gone through and he's become an altar server at St. Mm-hmm. Anthony's. The beautiful thing about that is he's now ready for any branch of the military. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. there are no altar servers like the Padawan altar servers. Yeah. They are a force to be reckoned with. Right, yeah. right. He said it's very different from his training at St. Andrew yeah. and Fort Worth. So. Well, yeah. no offense to them, but we're better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so final thoughts, Veronica, on uh, anything you want to leave us with about uh, the, the great institution that is St. Anthony of Padua or anything like that. Oh, I, I just think if you're looking for a school, uh, this is definitely one to consider. We have events coming up to on November 8th for our open house. But I love what you said, Stephen, about it's the parish school and it's the responsibility of everyone in the parish to, you know, to support the school and help us out. We have lots of opportunities for people to get involved we would love to have them come come see our campus and share the great things happening awesome well that yeah, sounds great i think there's only one way to end this podcast with a song nope okay go dolphins go go dolphins. oh dolphins. wait wait we can't just end it on that we gotta explain why st anthony's school mascot is the dolphin why is it the dolphin i have no idea there's some story you know the story right veronica Yes. Okay, share it real quick, and this will be the end of the, the podcast. I, I have right no, here. I'm going to learn something. Yes, you're going to learn something. It's, you might be able to say it better than me. I don't know that I will. There's something about St. Anthony and some fish. Some, oh! Well, and I thought it was that people weren't listening to St. Anthony, so then yeah. he went yes. and preached That's right. to the yes. dolphin. So the story was St. Anthony of Padua was, mm-hmm. thank you, now I can remember. This. Preaching to fishermen, Port City. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was a great, great preacher, but the sinful people where he was preaching were not listening and so he was in a port city, because if you've ever been to Padua, you know it's very close to uh, Venice. It's basically yeah. the suburb of Venice, Italy. And so he just said, well, you know what? Uh, if the people aren't going to listen to me in their, in their sinfulness and in their hardened hearts, I'll go preach to the dolphins and to the fish instead. And so in true Franciscan order, that's what he did. And that is why <laughs> we are the St. Anthony of Padua dolphins. That's why we're the dolphins. Because I've always wondered, we are not a coastal <laughs> town. <laughs> when I look at the woodlands, I think dolphins. Yes. So if anyone would like to donate dolphins to our campus, we'll put them back in the back in between us and uh, the neighbors. There's a great ditch back there where we can let them live. All right. On that happy note, go dolphins. Go dolphins. <laughs> oh, man, Stephen, that was a train wreck.